0: Welcome to The FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to The FemiPod for episode number 52. I'm joined by Esther, as always, and this week we're excited to dive deep into the trolling misogynists on social media after we noticed some pretty rude comments on an article about our recent guest, the incredible Inkana, this
1: week. But before we do so, Esther, how are you? What's been going on? I'm very good, thanks. The sun is shining in that at the moment, so yeah, very grateful for the day. And I am feeling good. I'm in the follicular phase. I feel like... My luteal phase last time was actually pretty chill, but like I really wanted it to start again, the new cycle, so that I could feel energized and excited again about life. So feeling really good, had a good run the other day on the track and just trying to like build some fitness. I think the half marathon I did at Kerry Kerry was really funny. Like, you know, I was with you the whole week before LEDs and I was sick that whole week and I didn't even know if I was going to race. So I just took four days off running and I was like, I'm gonna give it a go and just see how I feel, and potentially that made me feel a little bit more tired. But I definitely felt the lack of fitness in my body uh, during Keri Keri because I felt really good for the first probably 12, 13 k's, and then I crumbled and felt pieces. My last six k's were like just progressively worse and worse, which was funny. Um, but yeah, it was really, really fun and just enjoying training and yeah, trying to stay sickness-free for a while and get some consistency in the body and yeah just enjoying life we're obviously really busy with family stuff got heaps coming up which is really cool family theory is going really well uh, we've got lots in the pipeline and i think both lids and i are pretty pumped to have a little break over christmas and new years have some reset time and and disconnect from the internet for a while i think would we'll be really really good for our minds and our bodies too so yeah feeling really good i also would wanted to update everyone on Byron if you are listening and heard about what's happening he's doing really well still bloods are good he's stable and um, yeah we're doing well so
0: very good how are you Liz? So good um yep I'm good I have been just continuously traveling so I'm looking forward to getting back to the sunny coast soon and just getting some routine back and some structure back but um yeah it's been all right I think I haven't I don't know if I said this recently but I haven't been in one place for longer than I think 10 days since June so I'm like dying to just like (laughs) settle down a little bit but all good like work's going on really well and um running hasn't been great I've actually been suffering low iron for about a month or so now so just been struggling with energy levels and had my iron tested and my ferritin is at 19 so I've just kind of been battling with getting my iron levels back up I have not been enjoying training I've been finding it really hard to just uh run so yeah, I don't know. It's been a bit of a struggle, but it's okay. At least I can still get out there and do what I can do each day and just enjoy running for what it is versus just trying to push my body or train for anything at the moment. But yeah, I've been good. I was up at a wedding in the weekend. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, my future brother-in-law, Byron, who listens to the pod. Um, he's literally listened to every episode and uh, it's awesome that he tunes in every week. So big shout out to him I did uh find out recently and I don't think he'll mind me telling you this that um until about the ages of 19 or 20 he actually thought that when women woman ovulated that we laid an egg every month <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty entertaining to find out. And I probably just highlights this uh, lack of education that we continuously talk about. But um, the fact that he thought we literally laid an egg every month when we ovulated made me laugh a lot. So shout out to you, Byron.
1: I love that. Oh my gosh, go, Byron. And I feel like I know you too from hearing about you, Lydia. So yeah, we appreciate you so much listening every week and also becoming more educated to know that. Women are not chicken.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh so today we wanted to dive pretty deep into social media and the comments that we see especially across articles around female sports and female athletes but this kind of all has stemmed from some comments that we saw recently on a post about Akana so if you missed our podcast last week go back and check out our episode with Akana she's absolutely incredible she's running tip to toe so she's running from the top of Australia to the bottom 6,000 k's over 155 days a marathon a day which is insane and she'll be coming up on breaking a Guinness World Record any day now um, where she's running back-to-back marathons so pretty amazing and I think there's inspiration for everybody and anybody but recently we saw an article on a news channel called Outside Run where they wrote a beautiful piece about Akana and the incredible feat that she's chasing and just the comments from some especially men on the post uh, about what she's doing just like blew our minds and I think highlights a much bigger issue and one that we're going to dive deep into, but just to start off with, I want to read a couple of these comments to the first one. I won't name the names of the people, but the first one saying, this is what happens when you're not a good runner. You have to pull off stunts like this for attention, (laughs) which is insane because I, what she's doing is incredible for anyone, but B, Akana actually is an incredible runner as well I think she's run like a 250 marathon which is amazing so I mean what do you take what do you take from that one Est?
1: Oh yeah probably like a bit of jealousy and and they feel threatened they probably are sitting at their keyboard can't even go for a run and having to go at a woman that's doing this for the sole purpose of raising awareness for a really big issue so I feel yeah they're probably threatened they are No, they can't do what she's doing. She's probably a hell of a lot faster than they'll ever be and more talented. So yeah, it's a sign of jealousy. And I just think that if this was reversed and it was a man doing it, they probably wouldn't get any hate or any question about whether they can run a fast marathon or not and that they're doing it for attention. And maybe she is doing it for attention, but she's doing it for attention for wildlife of Australia. Like she wants to raise awareness and get attention on this cause. So she's doing a big act to do that. Uh, so yeah, I just think they're jealous. <laughs> and
0: that was followed up with another one that said, "Let me know when she runs in the Olympics." That will be never.
1: <laughs> it's so actually- like to laugh eh? or you just get really angry. You know, I think we talked about it, right? Like, I think it's like zero point zero zero one percent of people get to the Olympics. And is this person that's saying this comment, being to the Olympics?" Guaranteed they haven't.
0: And what she's doing, in my personal opinion, is way more impressive than going to the Olympics. <laughs>
1: Mm, 100% I don't think many people can run 107 marathons in a row I think she's nearly there now I and mean, then add another you know nearly 50 to that so
0: crazy and then another one also from a man said impressive feat but the title is a bit of a deception consecutive is back to back to back she's doing them in consecutive days not consecutively
1: what so just non-stop run 155 marathons without a break
0: I think he was expecting her to run 6,000 k's without stopping which is impossible. Um, so, yeah, you can tell there is a wider issue here, a bigger issue that we want to dive into. And as we said, Akana is incredible. And I'm hoping that she either hasn't seen them or was completely ignoring those comments because they mean nothing. Uh, those people mean nothing. <laughs> but it is pretty sad to think about, you know, when women are achieving such amazing feats that they do get pushed back on like that. And I think it'll be interesting to understand whether someone like Ned Brockman was getting negative comments like that when he was achieving such an amazing success and raising awareness for amazing cause, you know, is it because she's female and people don't feel like you said, threatened that she's female or, you know, why are people feeling this need to kind of come at, yeah, throw these negative comments at her?
1: I do think it's like a threat. It is a threatened thing to their like manhood and their ability and it's toxic masculinity at its finest and they're trying to protect the system of men being in charge and holding all the power so they try to like degrade women i think that's what it comes down to probably um and just like misogynistic views hating women to keep the power of the man but yeah it's really sad to see and i think we'll we'll dive into a little bit deeper now like some of the stats around some recent sort of research about women in social media
0: Yeah, so this is a few years old now, but in 2019, the Sydney Morning Herald came out with an article around how Australian sportswomen face three times as many negative comments online as their male counterparts, and that was from an analysis of Facebook comments. Uh, So according to a research group, Girls Rights Group, Plan International, 27% of comments about female players on sports news organizations' Facebook pages are negative compared to only nine percent of those made about men which is insane and pretty sad
1: that we have to put up with that just because we're women definitely i think it's it also highlights that women like i wonder who that nine percent is too that is talking badly about men like i can guarantee that it's probably not a lot of women that are talking badly about men uh it's probably more men again hating on men. uh, I don't know what that issue is there, but I would love to know like how that's actually broken up as well. But another one, a 2021 study uh, about women is just that women are overwhelmingly subjected to online abuse. And there was a study that monitored 161 Twitter accounts of Tokyo 2020 athletes between July 15th and August 9th, covering the entire Olympics. More than 240,000 posts were analysed, including more than 23,500 images, graphics, interchange formats and videos. 23 athletes received abuse, with 132 discriminatory posts detected from 119 accounts, and only 17 of these were aimed at men. 16 of the athletes targeted were women, with sexism the most common category at about 29%. Yeah. That just highlights it, doesn't it? I
0: mean, yeah. And I think that 29% of women being sexualized in sport is pretty standard. Like, I think that's a kind of known number. And it's like, it is really sad because I don't know what men are aiming for when they are making sexualized comments at women. Like, is it because they think that that's what we want to hear? It's definitely not what we're on here. We're not out there performing for them. We're not wearing specific uniforms to impress them, we're there to perform and do the best we can in our own sports. So it's crazy to think about those comments, whether they're online or even in real life. I mean, we've talked about it before, just running down the street and having things shouted out to us, how uncomfortable that makes us feel. It honestly steers. it can steer women away from actually wanting. to partake in the sport, whether that is because of online comments or in real life. So um I think it's so important for, I mean, men in particular, but anyone to be so careful about what they're saying about people online because it can really impact women's confidence in themselves, confidence in partaking in sport. And we all know like how important exercise movement and sport is for all of but us, but especially women, to grow confidence in ourselves, not lose confidence.
1: Yeah, I think that's so true. And it's so important just to be aware that we don't like that we don't enjoy people catcalling and sexualizing us like it honestly makes us feel uncomfortable and that's a safety thing because of the fact that we are worried that that person is a threat to us and our health and it's actually really scary and I think I remember I shouldn't be like laughing but it's kind of funny when we were on a trip together lids when we were younger and we got catcalled out the window do you remember that and we had a comeback that we used to say, we used to be like, oh my God, like give me your number. Like I'm so keen to meet you and hang out. And we used to say that back to people because it was like sarcasm and almost just being like, so not interested in you go away. Um, But it just, yeah, it doesn't make any woman feel good. Like we feel uncomfortable and just don't do it. It's like those articles you see, especially when like the Commonwealth
0: Games or the Olympics rolls around and it's like top, 20 hottest female athletes at the Olympics. And it's like, um, would you ever see the article about top 20 hot men at the Olympics? No, like it's always about women. And that's just like, I mean, the issue probably stems from the top when media channels are writing articles like that, of course, it's encouraging everyone else to kind of jump on that bandwagon and start picking apart what the female athletes look like. And it's just so inappropriate it's so wrong and it wouldn't happen to men. So we need to make a stance. And I think we've put some interesting quotes off some Facebook pages that we've recently seen that we'll kind of jump into, but these particular quotes are around one specific story that's recently came to light in the media. And uh, Est, do you want to dive into that?
1: Yeah, sure. So it's about the agreement that's been made between the U.S. men's soccer team and the U.S. women's soccer team. And basically they have decided that the money that comes into either team is split between all players. So that means that under this new deal, 90% of the World Cup prize money that's paid by the soccer body FIFA to the USSF will be pulled and shared equally between the players on the 2020 men's world cup roster and the 2023 women's world cup roster. So I think the men just won their game and there was a payout for all of the players, men's, women's at $380,000 each. So I just think that's so cool. Like it's such a great solution that everybody wins. If there's huge sponsorship deals between any of the teams, it's just, we're looking at soccer as a sport rather than gendered. It's like, soccer is a sport this thing happened we're all getting paid better and to be honest the women's soccer team is better anyway like they pretty sure they've won like multiple world cups they're definitely the stronger team uh so it's cool for the men as well like they're benefiting um i'm sure and in the future as as women's sports grows stronger they'll be benefiting as well so i think that's really cool but then ESPN did a post about it and then um, we'll go through like some of the comments and just like chat about them a little bit. But this is number one, which just please take everything with a grain of salt and laugh about it a little bit, but also understand there's a real issue there. Uh, One of them is, I'm an author. Should I get equal pay to JK Rowling? I write just as many words as she does. I work just as hard. Should I make the same? I sing also. Should I make the same as Taylor Swift?
0: Oh my gosh, like if we haven't heard of you, then I'm pretty sure you're probably nowhere near as good as J.K. Rowling or Taylor Swift. So that's why you're not getting paid the same.
1: Exactly, like it's just a stupid comment. They, J.K. Rowling and Taylor Swift are amazingly talented and super smart. They deserve everything they get. And so do these soccer players. They're both, all of those teams, all of those people on those teams are phenomenal players and deserve what they're getting. So stupid comment. (laughs) um, Number two, which, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did the women's team fill a 90k stadium for every game no did as many people watch the women's world cup no so not enough revenue to pay them the same you can't run a tournament at a loss i think it's just funny because it's the same self-fulfilling prophecy that we've talked about multiple times And we don't have to go into detail at all but it's just like of course they didn't the history of women's sport has almost not existed until recently and we've never had the opportunity to do anything like this so how could we have the same fan base yet and the same support. It's coming, but it's not there yet.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. I just like reading through some of these other comments. This was from a different article, but uh, about the same story. Someone said, just typical of that gender to live off the hard work of the other gender. (laughs)
1: oh my god! A, a
0: joke because they absolutely are so uneducated on the lack of opportunity that females have had in sport and that's why we're you know not haven't been able to make or get as much attention in sport because yeah like you said is we just haven't been given the opportunity
1: yeah it's, it's such a, a silly comment because it's again women weren't allowed to work for many years so then they're using that as an argument and you're not acknowledging the fact that in the past, woman's role has been, you know, the mother role. And that is in, in itself is a massive job. What about this one? They should, they should be
0: rewarded with things like a new washer and dryer or maybe some small kitchen appliances or even a fully stocked refrigerator freezer. <laughs> like it's actually a joke. Like it's so funny that people feel that they need to be writing these comments that is just so inappropriate and so wrong. Mm.
1: I think it just goes like all of these people that are commenting are probably the saddest people in the world. You know, you think about what they're actually doing, like they're sitting at their house. They are probably not happy in themselves, just writing hateful comments, but it sucks that it's directed a lot. And more often that woman, um, it just shows you that we have, we have to battle against a lot of obstacles, but. A lot of people are on our side and I think when you look at those comments and you can probably get really riled up and get really upset or just remember that those ones are probably the worst of the worst and they're also probably really unhappy with their, with their lives and jealous of the fact that women are doing really well in a lot of industries. So yeah, not get too caught up on it, but I think it's just funny to to look into it a little bit deeper and what these people are saying.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it is, you can't take it with a grain of salt, but I think it is also important to acknowledge that people like this exist and, you know, that's where the work needs to be done. So we can change, educate them firstly, and then change their opinion on women's sport and the importance of giving everyone equal opportunity to get attention, get media, get money, get sponsors so that um we all have, you know, the same, uh, opportunity to go out and do what we love. And I think this, I've got one one last one that I just want to read because it's, it is, it just highlights the whole problem. This is a man saying, how stupid. So because the women's game doesn't bring in the same revenue because it's simply nowhere near as popular as the men's game, the men have to give up half their prize monies. That's not right, It's about R-I-T-E. Uh, the women need to grow their own game and brand like the men had to firstly this person needs to learn some grammar and some spelling (laughs) um but secondly like i think we've spoken about this recently the research by the fan project um how women the growth rate of female fans and female sport is growing at 40 percent of the rate of men and you know retaining female sports fans way greater than men fans and i think that just shows that women are Grooming their game and their brand, if that's what you want to call it, way better than men at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see what this person has to, to say in another ten years when women's uh, sports and athletes are outdoing men. Because I 100% believe they will.
1: Yeah, he'll probably still be writing the same thing because he hasn't actually read any research and done any diving deep into the actual facts. So I'm sure he'll have the same argument in ten years. Will he still be in his room <laughs> writing comments on Facebook?
0: <laughs> I think understanding like the importance of male allies is a big conversation in itself. And like understanding that we as females and non-binary people need allies around us to help give us that opportunity to um encourage us to partake, especially in something in an industry like sports that it is sam- so male dominated. Um and so finding those male allies, especially male allies on social media, is really powerful, you know, I think for women to come out and stand up for women and like don't get us wrong there were a lot of positive comments to those negative comments mostly from women but there were some good comments from men as well on social media Um, but we need more of that and I think it's great to see women standing up for women but it's even more powerful to see men standing up for us too
1: yeah definitely it is interesting I wanted to touch on whether or not like how the men felt in that soccer agreement in the US. I did a little bit of reading and basically they were just, uh, one of the defenders in the team was talking about that it wasn't always the smoothest process, but they ultimately came to the realisation that there was no other way to get this done other than splitting the World Cup revenue and trying to voice what you believe should happen, what is possible, what is right. Those conversations are really difficult. He said, but at the end, you have a group of players, both on men's and women's side, who came together and got it done. And I just think, what they've done is really, it's the first of its kind. And I think more and more sports will probably start doing similar, similar things in the future, which is really exciting, exciting for, for both sides of the table. But yeah, I think with, even with Femi and like who we worked with in this process, like we have some incredible male allies and, you know, we, we know that it's harder to get funding and we know that it's harder to, Be in the tech space, and it's harder to be a startup, and it's harder to be in sport for a woman. So we we know that by building out those strong male allies, we can get femi in a better place. And then also, even with our own sporting careers as well, I think it's important to find those men that really believe in you and are on your on your side and and believe in your mission too, and understand that they have a responsibility in gender equality and equity. Uh, Find those people and work with them. Really, really hard on getting the ones that aren't sold and aren't on your side yet. Use those allies to really, I guess, push you forward and and network with the people they know as well. I think that's one of the other things we've learned recently, hey like men, because of the history and being in business a lot longer and and having more opportunities, they have stronger networks as well. So, like, really leaning in to those male allies and their networks and um, being connected to people in high higher roles that can make big decisions. Like that's what we found really useful.
0: Yeah, and I think for a while we kind of pushed back on the idea of having to lean on men because we want to be like strong, independent women. And I think we've come to realize that, we can only get so far and we have to kind of accept that as women for now. Um, But to make change, we need to surround ourselves by people who have a potentially stronger voice in a lot of industries and that is men. And um, we've just been so lucky to find the right men to speak up for us. And I think it's kind of on all of us to encourage the men in our lives to speak on our behalf when we feel like our voice isn't strong enough because of our gender. So if you have, you know, a partner or a brother or even a father, a son that you want to encourage them to speak out for, for all gendered and non-gendered people, especially on social media. I know we all know how powerful the social media tool is and how much time we're all now spending on platforms and how consumed we are by our screens. And I think if we can encourage a female's voice or a male's voice on behalf of a female to become louder on those platforms, I think that's where a lot of change is going to be driven from. So just get those men and male allies around you um, and get them to speak for you because sometimes, unfortunately, our voice just isn't loud enough.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure.
0: I did see a um, post post. I think it was yesterday, and it was talking about the most beautiful woman in the world. They had ranked this article had ranked the top ten most beautiful in quotation marks women in the world, and of course it was like yeah, Hadid sisters and yeah, Selena Gomez's and your beautiful celebrities, if you would like to call them that. And I scrolled through the comments, and the amount of men like. Older men, particularly posting photos of their wives and saying, you know, I think my wife is the most beautiful woman in the world, or I get to wake up to the most beautiful woman in the world every day. It like melted my heart. I thought it was so beautiful because I think society and especially media put out to the world how women should look. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us to look certain ways. And I think it's pretty powerful when you see men pushing back on those standards and being like, you don't have to be, you know, six foot tall with long legs and tan skin and blue eyes to be beautiful. You know, I think that was really cool. So as much as we feel like there's a lot of negative on social media, there's also a lot, a lot of beauty and a lot of love, um, especially for women, which is really cute.
1: That's so cute. Um, Byron or James, if you're listening, should be you next time no I'm kidding (laughs) I'm kidding but I think it's it's so true and like we touched on it the other week with uh Gen Z believing that the biggest barrier to gender equality is sexualization of women so I mean that does it again doesn't it it's just saying we all have to look to be the most beautiful in the world we need to look this way um and act this way but yeah it just shows that there is you know for every bad or person that's acting in a in a pretty horrendous way there's multiple they're acting in an awesome way and our allies of women so seek those ones out shout out to all my allies like thank you
0: we are so grateful for you all um and we're so grateful for everyone listening to us today so Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the FEMI pod. We will be back in your ears next week with an incredible guest. So stay tuned on that one. But in the meantime, if you want to get in touch, send us your thoughts or opinions on this episode. You can get to us on Instagram at FEMI.co or you can head to our website FEMI.co. But we'll see you all. We'll chat to you all next week.
1: Bye.